What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio. My name is Sean. I'm your host, and it is hump day. So welcome back to the show, and uh, if you're tuning in from the podcast, welcome to all of you guys. Otherwise, if you're listening on Anchor, welcome back, and thanks to everybody who's been favoriting the station. I have got a killer story to start off today's tech download. Uh, There was a huge bomb just dropped by MKBHD. If you're not familiar with who MKBHD is, uh, I'm not sure you can consider yourself a tech enthusiast, but... um, Uh, Now, in all seriousness, though, he's uh, a big time tech YouTuber. He's been killing it on YouTube for the better part of like eight years. Um, And he's so uh, well connected at this point and has so much influence that he gets a lot of inside looks and a lot of uh, opportunities that many of us could only wish to have. So we're going to kick off the tech download for Wednesday, August 2nd, 2017 with that story. Okay, so MKBHD is one of the best tech YouTubers on the planet. He's also somebody that I've been watching for years, and I'm a huge, huge fan. Well, he just had a live Instagram broadcast where he told everybody that he's going to be dropping this exclusive um, video where he got hands-on time with the guys over at Red Camera to take a look at their new hydrogen smartphone camera system that they announced, um, you know, I guess it was like about a month ago. And... This is just awesome because this phone has been sort of shrouded in mystery and had just a lot of discussion around it when Red first announced it because it was kind of out of the blue. Um, No one expected Red to be announcing a smartphone, that's for sure, let alone a smartphone that was going to cost, you know, $1,600, not counting all the extra gear that you're probably going to have to buy to build this thing out into some type of mini cinema camera. But take a listen and here's what MKBHD had to say on his YouTube channel when that video went live. Hey, what is up guys, MKBHD here, and I have seen the red hydrogen smartphone slash camera system prototype, and now in this video, I'm gonna share it with you. So up until now, So the red is made up of a combination of materials such as glass, metal, and some Kevlar, which is good for antenna pass-through. And, you know, the thing looks basically like what you would expect something from RED to look like. It looks very much like one of the RED cameras in terms of things like the, you know, exposed Allen Allen head screws that you can use to bolt on the different components and the, uh, the sort of metal grating that looks kind of like a heat sink. And, of course, that uh, epic RED logo, which looks like it's actually this sort of 3D uh, machined logo that has a, a RED sort of like a jewel type material or some kind of hard plastic for the RED symbol in the center. Um, it looks unbelievable i mean the thing looks really good it has a dedicated uh camera shutter button that's like the bright red button similar to what's on the red cameras and you know right now you know he wasn't able to show any of the things like the screen functioning or any of the hologram uh, based technology but he did show a clip of his reaction to seeing the hologram technology work and he looked pretty stoked i mean he looked he looked like he was pretty impressed with it um he did say it had some issues but obviously they're still in the prototype phase here so we don't know how much better that's going to get before the product launches but I'm more interested in the cinema camera capabilities of this thing. If they can take sort of some of the technology, obviously, that they have and that they've been developing for years, like their color science and their, you know, sensor technology, 
And combine that with a lot of the things that I've seen in cameras like, for example, the Blackmagic pocket cinema camera. So basically the same idea, taking a cinema camera type effect, something that can shoot raw, something that can shoot with a wide dynamic range, like 14 stops or somewhere in that area, and cram that into a tiny little thing that can fit in your pocket. I think this is going to be incredible. And he did go on to state that some of the representatives at Red said that their goal with this is absolutely to make a pocket cinema camera. The, the idea of this phone is that it can be converted using um, a lot of different modular add-ons into being something that could actually be used in film to create, you know, cinema quality video. So that is pretty amazing. And the phone looks really cool. It's super exciting to see this thing in person. So be sure to go over to MKBHD's YouTube channel and check out the video for yourself. I'll leave a link to it here in the segment for the anchor listeners out there. If you're listening on the podcast, just go to the uh, MKBHD YouTube channel on your own and check it out. This is a pretty exciting story. Let me know what your guys' thoughts are on the red hydrogen phone now that you've gotten a chance to learn a little bit more about it. There is a ton of Apple news today, and that shouldn't be too big of a surprise because of their earnings call yesterday and a couple of other rumors that have been swirling. So I grouped that all into one segment to cover all the Apple stuff. And we're going to start with Apple's earnings call yesterday. Obviously, things looked pretty good. Profit climbed 12% to $8.7 billion, and revenue rose 7% up to $45.4 billion. So things are looking pretty good for Apple in general. Another interesting bit of news that came from their uh, earnings call was the fact that the iPad and Apple Watch sales also rose, which is interesting because the iPad obviously hasn't had an increase in sales revenue for the past couple of quarters. So um, I think that's probably a lot to do with the fact that they introduced the smaller iPad Pro or the, or I should say the mid-sized iPad Pro and the relatively low cost entry-level iPad is now $399. So I think those two things probably contributed as well as the fact that a lot of people are probably getting to the point where they are ready for an upgrade from an older model iPad. And that's been discussed quite a lot in the past that part of the reason why Apple iPad sales have slowed is because people don't upgrade tablets at the same rate that they upgrade, say, their phone. So that's to be expected. With that being said, though, the iPad sold 11.4 million units in its financial third quarter, a 15% jump over the same period last year, um, which is pretty important when you think about the fact that the iPad unit sales have been slumping. Um, but, you know, again, I think, you know, we, we get it, Apple. You're making a lot of money. The earnings call was fantastic. And of course, it caused a pretty good jump in Apple's stock yesterday. For whatever reason, Apple's still clinging to this whole philosophy of not talking about specific sales numbers for the Apple Watch. I don't really understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but, you know, they lump it in with um, other products that they sell, like the um, Apple TV. So, and speaking of the Apple TV, the Verge and several other news media outlets are reporting that doing some digging recently in the iTunes code shows that there are several movies that are going to be listed as available in 4K and HDR. Movies like Passengers and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them have been found with 4K HDR listings next to their names. So this could be a pretty good sign that the next Apple TV will indeed do 4K 
and HDR, and that Apple will also have content available on iTunes to view in 4K HDR format. This shouldn't be too big of a surprise because you know HDR and 4K is the future for sure, and there are already other services that are providing HDR 4K content, like Amazon Prime and Netflix, to name a few. So that's probably not too big of a uh, leap to make that the new Apple TV will be able to support that type of content as well. If anything, I'd actually say Apple is pretty far behind, and they probably should have released an updated Apple TV last year that was capable of 4K, even if they weren't fully ready to bring 4K content to iTunes directly, you'd still be able to use 4K and HDR content from places like uh, Netflix on your Apple TV. But better late than never, and that's Apple for you. I can only begin to imagine the deluge of angry emails that Walmart must have taken in last week after they accidentally set the Super Nintendo Classic Edition to live on its pre-order page temporarily, causing them to have to go in and cancel everyone who accidentally pre-ordered the console. Well, Nintendo is finally releasing some information about when we can expect to try and pre-order one of the SNES Classics, and that will be late August, so later this month. We don't have an exact date, but we know the console is set to be available on September 29th for $79 retail, and we also know it's going to be an epic disaster. Nintendo has promised that they're going to make more of the SNES Classic than they did the NES, and they did also state that they're going to be making these through the end of 2017, but... uh, You know, given Nintendo's track record on the way that they've produced products over the past couple of years and their constant shortages of inventory, I can't say that it gives me a ton of confidence that they're going to be able to meet demand for, you know, all the customers that want one of these. I'm really hoping that Nintendo does something to make sure that everybody who wants one of these can get one of these and that they're going to also help mitigate some of the ridiculous price scalping that'll be taking place on eBay. I know I'm going to try and get my hands on one. The SNES and the NES are just classics in in my mind. And I've been building something of a video game museum over the past 10 or 15 years. And I'd really like to have that to add to my collection to put on display but you know I'm not going to kill myself and at the end of the day I still have my actual original SNES so it's not like I can't play these games if I wanted to and if Nintendo can't meet demand then uh, too bad for them I guess. There's a new Kickstarter campaign that launched for what is being called the All Controller. So being that uh, so many of us now have multiple video game consoles or different platforms that we play games on, having a huge pile of game controllers can be a bit of a nuisance. So the guys over at All Controller are setting out to make one universal controller that will work with all the video game platforms out there, including the Nintendo Switch, PC, Windows PC, uh, Mac OS, iOS devices, Android devices, basically every single thing out there that can be used with a controller um, will be playable with the All Controller. So the question is, is how will this thing feel? Because all avid gamers know that third-party controllers usually suck. I don't know why that is. I don't know what's so difficult about making a controller that, um, you know, nobody seems to make a controller that feels anywhere near as good as, say, an original Xbox One or PS4 controller. On the internal side of things, the All Controller does have 11 different USB drivers and several different Bluetooth drivers, resulting in a pretty extensive compatibility list. The controller will work with PCs running Windows, Linux, Mac OS, smartphones, tablets, uh, a TV running Android 4.4 or higher, iPhones, iPads, Apple TVs, anything running iOS 6, 
as well as Xbox One, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 3, Nintendo Wii, Wii U, and the Nintendo Switch. That is a long list, and it seems like a pretty tall task to make one controller that will work with all those devices. As far as how it looks, it basically looks to me like you know, it's kind of a cross between an Xbox One controller and maybe the Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Um, it definitely doesn't look bad. And most of what makes it work is just crammed on the inside. From the outside, it just looks like a standard you know, third-party controller. Now, the only obvious difference being that it does have a small LCD screen on it so you can select all the different modes or what platform you're intending to play with. But outside of that, it, um, it looks like a normal game controller. So I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how this holds up. I think they're looking to raise $75,000 on their Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign. So, um, you know, like any other Kickstarter campaign, proceed with caution. You know, I've done, I think I've done four different Kickstarter campaigns and I've only really truly received one product that I consider to even be remotely successful. And that's actually a product that I'm getting ready to do a review on here pretty soon. So I'll be talking about that here on Gadget Reason later. But yeah, for anybody who's interested, I'll leave a link to the Kickstarter campaign here in this segment. If you're listening via the podcast, um, then just go ahead and do a search for the All Controller on Kickstarter. Let me know what you guys think. Tesla Model 3 reviews are rolling in and they are overwhelmingly positive. It seems like Tesla has more than exceeded most people's expectations, even from those anticipating the Model 3 to be great. So that's certainly good news for Tesla and I think for the electric car movement in general. And you know, I've said from the beginning that Tesla had a lot riding on the Model 3. I mean, I think everybody knew that. And that's mostly because of the fact that, you know, in the past there's been electric cars. Look, Tesla is not the first. They are not the first company to make an EV car but they did make what most people consider the best electric car in the Model S and then followed that up with, of course, the Model X SUV, which has also been getting really great reviews for the most part. But there really have not been any really good and really affordable electric cars. And obviously affordable is a relative term, but you know, the average price of cars, especially here in the US, has continued to go up year after year. And so, you know, that's kind of like a good sort of average um, median price for a car. And I think, you know, to spend $35,000 on a car that's still being delivered with a lot of the quality and a lot of the features that have been sort of synonymous with the Model S is pretty impressive. Matthew DeBoard of Business Insider wrote, the Model 3 is going to blow a lot of people's minds. This is easily the most attractive entry-level luxury all-electric car on the market. He went on to say that there isn't anybody who's going to sit in the driver's seat of this car and not want it. That's pretty high praise from someone who's able to say that he's sitting in and driven every single Tesla car that's ever been made before. The Model 3 is also getting a lot of praise for how it seamlessly integrates technology that most people use in their everyday lives and are already comfortable with, like its large touchscreen center console display. And, you know, that kind of brings up another interesting point about the Tesla that a lot of people are going to have to get used to, and that's the fact that there is no actual typical dashboard array. There's no speedometer, an RPM counter, gas gauge, everything that you do on this car is contained within its large LCD display. And that includes even the most minute details like adjusting your mirrors or turning up the music volume or even adjusting the air vents on the vehicle. And interestingly enough, the air vent on the Tesla Model 3 is just one big long air vent that runs the full length of the front of the dashboard. And all of the controls on airflow and temperature are all done internally with the touchscreen. That's definitely something that's gonna take some getting used to for some people, but most reviewers seem to think that the minimalist design 
design inside the Tesla is definitely the future of cars. So what do you guys think? Are you excited about the Tesla Model 3? And do you think you might wanna try and buy one as your next car once they're more widely available? Let me know, leave me a comment or a call in or find me on social media at Gadget Reason. And that's gonna do it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. And if you liked the content here, be sure to favorite the station and be sure to tweet this out to any of your friends who also might be interested in tech talk or gadget related news. And uh, thanks for everybody who's tuning in from the podcast as well. So if you are listening via Anchor, leave me some comments or you can leave a call in. And also don't forget that we now have that request feature. So if there's anything you'd like to hear me talk about, you can leave that there. If you're listening via the podcast, just go ahead and leave me some info on any of the social media platforms that you use. You can find me at Gadget Reason. That's it for me. Have a great day and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.